Am I crazy or is accountability ridiculously hard to find? I have a solution and it's called Dad Matters Masterminds. This is a six month subscription based community once a week for one hour. I'll be jumping on a Zoom conference with several dads. We're gonna have lively discussion and we are going to champion accountability. If you are ready, email me, mana3media, that's M-A-N-A, the number three, media, at gmail.com. Mana3 Media. Parents out there and friends everywhere, I'm David Wilkinson. I'm a dad of three, a husband and a storyteller who's interested in talking to and learning from distinct parents. And whether the conversations are on my backyard deck, in my car, or on my kayak, welcome to Dad Matters. coffee we're sitting here at a diner and uh, I just enjoyed a breakfast burrito had a cup of coffee so this is the first episode uh, in my winter series that I'm doing called dads and diners and I'm sitting here across the table from a buddy of mine Tony Frazier Tony last time we hung out was here eating breakfast and drinking coffee eating breakfast and drinking coffee thanks for doing this man yeah I appreciate that I appreciate you doing this this is a big deal to me um, Tony tell my dad audience a little bit about what dad life looks like for you under your roof um it's it's cool man so um, my daughter is is real like, she's real laid-back you know what I mean it's like pretty easy mm-hmm. but then she's very high energetic her favorite thing in the world is play she likes to play so you know trying to find a balance of getting work done spending time with my wife and still getting time with my daughter is like a balancing act mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying my daughter demands a lot of my time man. yeah so I was there when your daughter was born yeah you were and that was a while ago but it sure eight has years. gone fast. Uh, eight years, don't eight feel like it. years. Unbelievable. So, like, I do remember when your daughter was born, there were some complications. Yeah. And I remember you were all in on, like, this little girl is going to change things. This is going to be a big deal for oh, me. Yeah. Even when there were, quote, unquote, complications, right. you were excited about being a dad. Yeah, I was focused. It was bad, man. You know, the whole pregnancy, you know, my wife had... Uh, preeclampsia preeclampsia you know and so it was you know it, it was very difficult every day you know going and get ultrasound I think we was doing that you know a couple of times a week you know going to get ultrasound making sure everything was fine seeing uh, the uh, the actual uh, gynecologist the doctor that was uh, gonna deliver the baby like we was doing that you know at least twice a week sometimes three times a week and then close to the end um we went one visit and he was like yes i don't think you're gonna make full term because of you know we kept having to go to the hospital at times because of uh, complications we get there and they do the put the um the sonograph thing on us on our belly and they um we would see that the baby it was reagan's my daughter's name reagan but we would see the heart heart level would drop. So that would happen, you know, often. What's crazy is I remember spending my father, like Father's Day in the hospital with my wife because of that, you know, it was like the first time. So we're there and 
you know, they bring in all these doctors and they're like, yeah, you know, her, her heart rate keeps dropping. You know, and it was, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know really what that meant. It just sounded scary. You know what I mean? So uh, she was, you know, she was born six weeks preemie. So that night, you know, we got there and they was going to, we was going to induce to have it, had a baby natural or whatever. Um, and once again, heart rate dropped few times and the doctor's like yeah we'll do c-section it's like yeah dad you can come back you know once we uh get the epidural in. right and then i never got a chance to go back because they never could get the epidural to act right so i wasn't allowed to go back because they was using anesthesia and that's some of the time i remember just being with you in the way yeah it was pretty intense and you were you said you were focused you were yeah i was focused you I were was, waiting to hear oh yeah it's time you can come back oh, or, yeah, yeah. And or, then or she, updates i mean right. anything right and then when we when she finally came out, you know, we saw it, it was like had put in the incubator and all that, and it was like, yeah, we got to take her to Centennial. So, you know, because we live, you know, we had her in Smyrna, you know, and so now they have to go take her to Nashville, you know, and that's where she stays. So, I'm having to even after the pregnancy, I'm having to juggle being in Smyrna to see my wife, and then driving up to spend time with the baby, right. and then coming right back to Smyrna, you know, to be with my wife. So it was, it was, uh, it was trying, but it was, it was, I, it was a time I think the Lord was preparing me for just the idea of like, this is your family. Uh -huh. I had talked to a lot of dads right. before that and they was just sharing with me their experiences. You know, I'm, which I'm pretty good at, at allowing people's experiences to be their experiences without adopting the expectation of it for me right you know for myself which so, is good yeah so i you know it was like when it happened you know i didn't i wasn't ex i didn't have time to be like emotional uh -huh. you know and things like that because of what was happening right you know what i mean no doubt so when i saw it, it was like i had this one thought though that was like wait a minute how come if, of everybody that I talked to, one of the experiences that everybody said is that they cried the first time they saw their baby, ah. you know what I mean? And I was like, huh. I look back on it now and I'm like, yeah, it was just an intense time, yes. you know what I mean? So it was it was difficult to try to be like emotional, but yet at the same time, be focused and understanding that there's a, situ a serious situation going on. When she took her first breath, it she breathed it in, and it, she stopped breathing. Yeah, and they had to do you know CPR, you know, and all this other whatever stuff. They really, do on the back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was intense. I have a lot of guy friends who, when they became dads, this is exactly what they ran into, and they were frustrated with themselves because of this expectation that they're supposed to have. Yeah. This is your moment to cry. This is your moment to feel connected to your right. kid. I even got dad friends. It took them a while to feel connected, yep. emotionally connected. Yep. And they're great dads. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. They and the idea that you have to feel this it's it's all it's all based on false like feelings yeah. that are all yeah. based on comparison of everyone yeah. else. And that's just not real life. Right. The time that I and the sacrifice that I made for it is what pulled me in and 
because to this day, that's my world. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 my little homie. <laughs> you know, and she know it. You know, she know it. But it didn't start like that. You know what I mean? It, it took time, and it took you know it took a few you know hundred thousand diaper changes and fixing bottles and waking up in the middle of the night and comforting and hugging and you know singing to her and letting her cry and the biggest lesson that I learned here here it is that I have a a baby who she could do nothing for me right you know but yet the love I have for her you know is is beyond measure that's nothing she can do to make me not love her you know what I mean? And so it's like, it's a thing where it's like, I learned even when it comes to our Heavenly Father, where it's like, we're a welcomed inconvenience. So it's not like an inconvenience where I don't want to do for, or I don't want to be, it's like, no, no, no. That inconvenience, and what I mean by inconvenience, not in a negative light, but the inconvenience of, man, I could have had an entirely different, took taken an entirely different path with my life or decisions or, you know, or whatever, but I had to slow down and I had to add her. I love the idea that I have to provide for you. I love the idea that I have to comfort you. I love the idea that I have to correct you. I love the idea that I get to lead you and guide you and show you the direction and the path that you ought to take with your life. I love it. She's eight now, you know, and the conversations that we get to have, you know, are are amazing. <laughs> I get to have some pretty cool conversations with her. You know what I'm saying? And so, and it's, it's it's been like that for for a while now. This means we've been friends at least eight years because oh, yeah. Reagan's eight. Yeah, she's eight years old. Um, which is just crazy to me. Yep. Real quick before we move into uh, my little basket of questions that you have no idea what I'm going to ask you. You have a, a family dynamic situation where you get to spend more time with Reagan oh, than yeah. a lot of dads get to spend with their kids. Oh yeah, yeah. I spend a, a, an enormously a large amount of time. Yeah. With uh, with Reagan. So, there's the basket. I got several questions in there. Let's see if you can decipher them, read them, read it out loud, Let's see. and just start chatting. All right. Talk about. Talk about what you think matters most as a dad that you would want other dads to hear. Um, what matters most to me is not even something about my daughter. Okay. It's more about myself. Interesting. You know what I mean? And it's confidence. Okay. You know, the confidence that... that Because, you know, the thing is, I've seen a lot of people raise children. Where they land is, is, is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't you can't predict the outcome of your training right. and your teaching because I didn't have the great example of a dad. You know, I didn't live in a home with my dad. Uh, we lived in the same town, and I barely saw him. You know, and as a younger, real, real younger kid, I only saw him as a disciplinary. Like you get in trouble, so you got to go over and talk to dad about it. Yeah, my mom she calls my dad. That's how I related to a child parent uh-huh. relationship you know my, me and my mom we had a tumultuous relationship also even though she the person I lived with you know when I got older because I was a different I was a quote-unquote bad kid if you will you know so now I'll have to you know fight off these thoughts that I'm not doing it right you know what I mean and so the fear of uh, am I saying something or am I doing something that's gonna affect her mm. long long term? So I'm always like, okay, am I am I hard enough 
without being too hard? Should I be harder? Do I need to be softer? Should I let her get away with that? Should I not let her get away with that? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's trying to define the boundaries, yeah. but at the same time without being too strict or too loose. You know what I mean? Like And trying to find that balance where she still can see me as a loving, caring, fun dad, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, I have to respect and revere, you know, his authority, mm-hmm. you know, in the house, you know, and me and my wife, we have two different, uh, we have different raising styles, if you will, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because our life experiences are different. So I let her have, you know, her, I let her have her style, you know, mm-hmm. things that I feel like can be tweaked, you know, I mention that and I give her space to tell me the same but at the same time it's like I said for me is looking within myself and having the confidence of of saying okay long term Mm -hmm. this is going to be helpful to her and hoping that I'm giving her enough that you know when she leaves she always hears my voice you know what I mean and that's whether it's the voice of love the voice of reason the voice of comfort well, she's a balanced person. I just want to make sure when she's an adult, whoever marries her, I want to make sure they're getting a balanced wife. So it's having the confidence in myself that the decisions that I'm making for her and about her are the right ones. You know, I've had to always discover who I was for myself. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to the idea of confidence, it's like you, you because of I've lived and I've learned, you know, I'm aware of my mistakes. I'm aware that I'm fallible. I'm aware that I can make mistakes. So that, I think that stems in my head a lot more than my successes. You know what I mean? Because that's what I'm so used to, I guess, being known for or being being judged by. Mm-hmm. It's just for myself, when I look inside myself, it's always like, okay, am I making the right decision mm-hmm. on this? Because, and I think it stems from looking back not being whole fully confident that I've arrived at a certain place you know what I mean because I'm, I'm aware also that I still have growing to do for me some of my questions of am I enough definitely come from either my background or experiences or comparison yeah. it's it's typically somewhere in there but as far as having confidence as a dad right here right now the, a good news thing about that is my kids don't have the same experience with me that I had at their age. I find myself a lot of times, uh, I'm coming directly from my experience. And I'm sometimes even expecting that to almost be a reflection of something that was my experience. And it's kind of like, there's some good news in going like, that's not their experience. Mm -hmm. Cool, thanks for sharing that. All right, man, let's do at least one more, at least one more. Do you and your kid share any good dad jokes? <laughs> do we share any? Now she's older, it's not as easy to do it anymore because you know, she's like she's like me in a way, uh-huh. you know, she's very logical. I used to do like, tell her like outland, very outlandish things, you know, stuff like dogs come from out of space. You know, like very weird, just random stuff. Occasionally, something happens, and you know, she because she loves to ask why, uh-huh. you know, and she asks me why about something, and I'll give her this way out, like why, why shouldn't I, you know, cut on the stove, you uh-huh. know, and I'll be like, 
you know, the last person who touched the stove, man, their hand just fell off for no absolutely no reason. They went, you know, just like crazy stuff to like that. To see how she's going to react. Yeah, I don't get away with it no more. But yeah, yeah. Now, nah, I don't have any particular. All right. Let's do one more. One more. All right. Uh, if you had two minutes only to share to other dads or your daughter what your legacy is, uh, what is it? I typically do this at the end of my long form interviews. Okay. I'll ask the dad, hey, we got, let's pretend that after this, the mics are off, the influence is over. You got a two minute shot at sharing either with your kids or other dads. This is kind of what, to me, it really kind of boils down to. That's kind of where that comes from. Okay. Um, I think for, for other dads that I know that are around me, um, or that, you know, no, my background of, was around when I grew up and stuff, family members, like cousins and stuff like that. I think for them, the legacy would be, uh, I broke the mold. I did a lot with a little, you know, I had little, very, very, very little parenting training, you know, but I think you know that that even now they're able to, cause I you know among my like my friends uh, that that are around my age, you know me and my wife was like in Tennessee. I would say in Tennessee, we were like the first couple to have a child. You know what I mean? Around a lot of uh, of our younger friends, and so they their upbringing was completely different than mine. You know what I mean? Some of them had both parents in the house and some of them had mothers who were very attentive and was there and you know they came out you know they're successful people there's times that you know and i wouldn't even say time most of the time where they're looking to me for advice you know on for their children you know what i mean and picking my brain about things that you know that they're trying to make decisions about you know what i mean so i think for a lot of my friends back home in Arkansas and stuff like that, you know, I think that's the thing where they can look up and be like, man, he broke the mold, you know, like people like us, we don't have successful marriages and successful parenting experiences, you know what I mean, in life. For my daughter, uh, I think for her, the legacy, my legacy with her would be, uh, would be, like I, I had a cool dad, you know what I mean. I think, I think that's the, that's gonna be, cause the thing about her, the way I raise her is, I've learned that it's not my job to tell her who she is, you know what I mean. It's my job to tell her what who I think she is, and I give it to her like that. Like this is what I believe. This is why I did this. This is why I named you this. This is why I did this. This is, you know, in my expectations. But I raise her in a way where I allow her to be herself. And it's, I've learned it's my responsibility to help her discover who she is. You know what I mean? It's not my responsibility to tell her who she is. And I realize we're both on a journey together. Yeah. And as a dad, you know, and I guess any parent, mother or father, but I know as a dad, you know, from my vantage point, I see, you know, it's like three journeys, my own journey, the journey with my wife and the journey with my daughter, you know, and so learning the balance of those and being able to compartmentalize them 
effectively, you know what I mean, I think has made kind of where when I'm interacting with my daughter, I don't feel like I'm a burden, you know what I mean, but I feel like she gleans so much from me and there's a lot of things that, that we do together and a lot of things we do just in the home that she just she think it's the coolest thing in the world, you know what I mean? So that's the, you know, I think that, that'll be my legacy with her, I think. That's good, man. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, man, appreciate that. So we've been talking for at least a year about, hey, you should come on Dad Matters. We should talk about being dads. Yeah, now we're here. <laughs> now we're here. But it's been a long time coming. We don't, in my opinion, spend enough time doing this, hanging out, chatting anyways. Yeah. But I uh, very much admire who you are. Um, you're a very thoughtful individual, and I know that being a dad doesn't get to take a vacation from that. Like you were focused at the hospital on, on day one and you were focused today as yeah. a dad and I love that about you, man. Hey, as a dad, like you become you become a hero. At that's times that I go, man, one day she gonna realize I'm no I'm not a hero. I'm not, yeah. Here's a here's a story I, I, I do wanna share though. Real quick. If we got time, we got time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I used to always do this thing about like like I know magic, right? I know no magic. So uh, when she was a kid, you know, you do the thing, take a penny, act like you, I took it from her ear, right? And you know, it was the thing. Where it was like it was cool. Like yeah, it's just it's harmless. It's nothing. And so she would always want me to, you know, do that. Damn, right. Pull a quarter out of my ear, you know, and you know, I'm like what? What? I'm pretending like what? What are you talking about? And I'm digging in my pocket looking for a quarter, you know. And then you know, I do the sleight of hand, and she's wild by. It. So one day. Uh, she was probably about four or five, yeah. and she loses this toy. It was like one of her favorite toys, you know what I mean? And she's like, she's just crying, and you know, and she's like, un like she's heard about it. It was one of her favorite toys, you know. And she was like, "Dad, you think you could find it for him?" Like, yeah, baby, I'm helping. I'm looking. I know what. I know what you could do. Do your magic. Pull it out my ear. And it was and in that moment because I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to do this, and uh -huh. it, 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 was, it broke my heart uh, you know, because I knew how bad she wanted it yeah. and how helpless I was. I cannot deliver. I cannot deliver. You know, and but it, it made me go, hey, all right, Tom, you gotta slow down with and make sure you are you being honest with her, you know, and not giving her crazy expectations. <laughs> gotta know your boundaries, bro. Know your boundaries. So you know, even now, you know, I I, I stay away from trying to paint a picture of myself as Oz, you know, I always let her behind the curtain, you know, uh, on life a lot, you know what I'm saying? As much as I think her, her brain could, could handle, you know. Behind the curtain, I'm liking that, that's good. <laughs> behind the curtain. And uh, I've enjoyed eating and drinking and being here yeah, with this you. this was fun, man. Appreciate and uh, so thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate you, man. Tony Frazier, you broke the mold, man. Hey, we You did, broke man. the mold. Uh, so dads, this is the first episode of my dads and diners winter series that we're going to be doing uh, for the months of December, January, and February. And so until next time, dads, put down your phone and hug your kids. Hey, don't forget to join me next week. The dads and diners mini series will continue at the next greasy spoon next Wednesday.